Veterans Voice is a show that connects veterans and active members of the military to qualified guests who help you find programs and benefits you qualify for and discuss housing, education, career training, and other topical matters. Every show addresses issues that affect your life. Call in and share your experience. 781-837-4900. Please, brother. Welcome, 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 everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio here on a... A wonderful, wonderful night. Uh, we've got uh, some uh, terrific show lined up. Uh, as we uh, play the countdown to April 13th, it's our nine-year anniversary show, folks. So after the 13th, we'll be on our 10th year of uh, existence here. So uh, Wolfie and I can talk about taping the shows and uh, uh, using a beta, beta tape uh, or whatever <laughs> kind of tape because... Well, uh, Wolfie, I don't know how we do it, but Gino and... Uh, do it. That's how we uh, do it. Yeah. yeah, and basically, yeah, yeah. Yeah. see how we take the credit, Wolfie? Yeah. No, I did, I did the whole thing. It wasn't Gino. Yeah. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> <laughs> Can we tell a tape story really quick? My granddaughter, who's now the general in the Coast Guard Academy, oh. years ago she's playing an instrument and I couldn't make the, um, the concert, so I said to her, honey, would you tape it for me? And she's looking at me and go, boom, I don't know, I'm not going to... And I'm now at this point, I'm your grandfather. When I tell you to tape something, I'm now at that stage because she's kind of saying no to me. I'd like to, but I can't. And she's looking, I think she's thinking how to blow a note, catch it with scotch tape. And finally my daughter says, Dad, she has no idea what you're talking about. Tape? What kind? Scotch tape? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, not like a tape, Wolfie. There's, you know, Wolfie, there's no film in the cameras anymore. Now, how do, now, come on. There's yeah, no thought, film in cameras anymore. I had a photographic memory, but there's no film in the camera. No that's film. That's your problem, Wolfie. Yeah, so, that's what it was. You know, with what you've seen and what you've done, it's maybe better. <laughs> that that's gone. That that's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, welcome back tonight. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, how was your, uh, your 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 celebration yesterday? You yeah, a, you know, uh, great I just time. want to thank every all the guests we had this past month for uh, Vietnam uh, Veterans Day, which is uh, was yesterday, the official day. Um, I know throughout Massachusetts and throughout the United States, uh, veteran groups all over the country were celebrating the 50th. This actually, this was the 50th anniversary of the last day the troops were in Vietnam, combat troops. And um, on the tw 29th, uh, 1973, our combat troops did leave Vietnam, leaving about 7,200 civilians, employees working at the, uh, locally. But uh, it, was a, it, was a great, um, it was a great day to celebrate the 50 years. For those of us who are still here, we always uh, say that we love and forget those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. But it was a day for us to be with each other and celebrate being together and being here after 50 years. And um, I want to thank the guests who have been on the show and obviously you. We've, and we've had some great shows. We've had some great shows. And this I, month. I think we're very respectful to the veteran, Vietnam veterans community. Uh, they're us. They're, yeah. they're part of us. And if we can't take care of ourselves, then who can we look to? There it is. And that's kind of what the veterans are going through right now. But there's a lot of help out there, vets. Don't worry about it. Uh, and, and you know, I, I think that every week we should remind them that the PACT Act is now giving them a benefit base that they may have not been qualified for. Yeah, and we discussed that. We talked about how our generation of veterans paved the way for this new new generation of veterans. Yeah. And all our legislation that we've been pushing for the last 50 years, we've always included now the burn pits and the, and, 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 and the toxins. You know, you just label it toxins. toxins so overall. It covers everybody. And, yeah. now, you know, now there's no more, well, you're being denied because it's not in that bill. Um, so we've paved the way, and, and our organization, Vietnam Veterans of America, as you know, the national motto is, Never again will one generation of veterans abandon another. And we've, we've held up our end of the bargain on that. Well, and I think our, our country is responding a little bit. And, and, and finally, you know, there's some national recognition. There's national small events. I was at the Bean Post, Wolfie and Weymouth. What a, what a great event they had. They had 60 or 75 uh, uh, veterans there. Uh, 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 Lou Rizzo. Of, yeah, of, of course, was there. Yeah, whoever shows up, band was there. Yeah, we got yeah, them down there. Yep, yep. It was, it was a wonderful, nice, intimate setting. doesn't have to be 10,000 no, people no. at the Worcester Centrum. 
No, we, know? we were at born at the National Cemetery one day, and we had about 25, 30 veterans. We were at the Vietnam Wall in Fall River. Same thing, small group of guys, 25 to 30. And then at the State Monument, and for those people, I always you hear me talk about the wall in Fall River, which is magnificent if you can get down to see it. But if you haven't been to the Worcester uh, Greenfield Park where the State Vietnam Memorial is, opened in 1982, uh, it's a place to sit and reflect, and it is just... It is just an amazing place to come and, and visit. Yeah, it's and, beautiful, um, beautiful uh, setting that they have there. Yeah, and uh, any, you know, I encourage all all the Vietnam veterans, uh, whether you're combat or non-combat, to go and visit that um, memorial. And we had a great turnout. We the new secretary John Santiago was there, was there um, you know, along with the mayor of Worcester and tons of VSOs and the national um, AMVETS uh, commander was there, Don McLean. Nice. Uh, he, who came, which was nice, and uh, of course you're going to leave somebody out as you start mentioning names, but there were local politicians, local Everybody reps. was there except for me. Yeah, we were looking for you. My invitation must be uh, <laughs> must be uh, a, a little bit later. Um, George, let's take a 7.15 break. Eligible for TRICARE? It doesn't get better than U.S. Family Health Plan, a terrific TRICARE choice for military families and retirees. You get all the benefits of TRICARE, plus some great extras like chiropractic care and a 24-hour nurse advice line. With U.S. Family Health Plan's large network of civilian physicians and hospitals, it's easy to find a great doctor. It's free for active duty families, and for military retirees, it's very affordable. Find out more at usfamilyhealth.org or call 1-888-815-5510. That's 1-888-815-5510. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso here as we're talking about uh, the Vietnam vet veteran era and uh, the Veterans uh, uh, Appreciation Day, we'll call it, from yesterday that, that, that we all took time to honor and thank and welcome home the Vietnam vets. But tonight we've got a, a, a great, great, great show with uh, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest influences in, in my veterans' Ad, advocacy, advocacy is that every once in a while you you run into somebody that's that, that's special and uh, goes uh, uh, above uh, above the call. And tonight uh, we're going to be honoring a dear friend of mine uh, uh, that I've known for for many years. Uh, and uh, Wolfie, why don't you take it away? <laughs> High level, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a Tony. It's not a Vetti. No, it it's is a Vetti. It is a Vetti. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, it's a what do you call it? Yeah, it's a Vetti. That's what I say to my kids. They go, Dad, I'm the other one. <laughs> George, do you have a, an, an eraser that, that, that we could I'm just... I'm not even in the penalty box. Uh, but yeah, we call that... Post-production. Oh, boy, yeah. We're going to have no show left. It's going to be one blank for, for for 60 minutes. But this time it goes to Peter McPhail, and this time I actually mean it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean it this time. He was Peter the great. Peter McPhail? Yeah, the one and only Peter McPhail. So, yeah. Very nice, Peter. Applause to start that out. So he was in the Army. He didn't eat any crayons when he was young, so no. the Army took him. That was uh, that was good. So what he's really done is endless amount of stuff. He was in the VA for 30 years, 34 years before they threw him out. He can't hold down a job. No, I know. The poor he's, guy. He's that kind of guy. Yeah. So, um, but what he did was the reason that he gets along so well with us is is he did the rehab and the psychology stuff. He'll tell you what that is. So he's, that's why he likes us so much. He understands that. But he works with the homeless vets. Um, they helped us out with the Brockton VA gifts, the Veteran Voice Radio, when we deliver the gifts. Thank you. And um, what they do that's great, that every time they raise a few bucks, they grab a few of the veterans, like the Building 7s, who really need some help. They take them to places like the, um, the Brockton Mall. They go bowling. They have a great time. Uh, Peter eats all their desserts, so I'm just saying. Uh, that's, and, um, that's what keeps them going. Yeah. So he's done that kind of thing on a regular daily basis, so it makes it really exciting. So everyone at Veteran Voice Radio, round of applause for Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Peter, Peter you want to say a few words. Peter, you're on, kid. Defend yourself. <laughs> Defend myself. Well, well, Ladies and gentlemen, I yield the remainder of my time from the gentleman from Rockland, Mass. Thank God. Well, th thanks, Wolfie. Thanks, Greg, for having me on. Uh, it's nice to be with uh, Justin and Brett. And, uh, 
<laughs> no, it's not. I, I guess, guess Wolfie must be on the way out the door. <laughs> he, well, yeah, he doesn't know it, but he, he, he may he may be. But Peter, as a Vietnam veteran, what what do you think of this past month and and yesterday in particular? Oh, it was great. The shows were great. The whole festivities for Vietnam vets were great. And it's like Justin said, the uh, Vietnam vets. The mission of Vietnam vets today is to honor Vietnam vets. And to also make sure that future generation of vets don't experience what we did when sure. we came home. Yeah. So, now, Peter, you were Purple Heart? Yeah, I'm a Purple Heart. I was wounded in action, yes. And uh, where, did, where did you serve in Vietnam? I served in Vietnam up in I-Corps. I was in the artillery with the uh, AmeriCal Division. I was a, uh, oh, assigned to the uh, 3rd of the 16th artillery, which is 155. Um, I think my Cunningham was with the Marikal. Yeah, he was, yeah. Mine uh, was. Division. Yeah, I thought so. How's your hearing? I thought so. Yeah, oh, my hair is bad, too. So yeah, the, sure. my, my voice is bad. The uh, So my voice, believe it or not, I actually have a condition that's connected to Agent Orange. It's a, uh, a Parkinsonism. It's called adductor spasmodic dysphonia. So that I, you, are you your familiar voice, with that, Brett? I am. Oh, oh of course so, you so are. That, yeah. So that your voice... Wolfie, he I, Brett knows. He caused it. <laughs> so so, so it, took, it took years for them to finally diagnose it. I actually I went to Ramon Franco at, at Mass Eye and Ear, um, finally on a referral, and this was about 2013 or 14 initially, but I had had problems with my voice for years. And um, when Ramon saw me, after I was referred to him, by the ENT, a guy, a guy named uh, Blyer, Benjamin Blyer, Dr. Benjamin Blyer, and he refers me up to Dr. Franco, and Dr. Franco at the time, he had some, uh, a doctor from Australia there, and another team of folks, and um, he sat me down, and he says, well, well Dr. Blyer says you have a doctor spasmodic dysphonia. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, so, really? So he explained it to me, and... Um, so I went back one other time after that, uh, probably about two years later, to ask him about treatment for it, potentially. And um, at that point, he brought in a great number of students because it's, it's a condition that a lot of people don't have. I, don't, I think it's one in 100,000 people. But yeah. it's, it's a uh, yeah, but, but it's laryngeal dystonia. It's a, a focal dystonia. It's a, a Parkinsonism. Yeah. So um, for uh, Vietnam vets, you can get one single thing. And as the uh, neurologist, when I had my BA comp exam, Dr. Uh, Freeman said, he um, talked to me, he says, you know, it's unusual, he says, but these things do crop up, and he says, we're seeing them, so. All, all, all relative to uh, our other guest here is Brett Miller, the uh, president and uh, champion of uh, all things uh, uh, within the Parkinson's world. Brett, thanks for coming back in tonight, brother. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, so... If you're out there for the first time, I own a uh, wellness center in Rockland, Mass, called 110 Fitness. It's the largest wellness center in the world for people with Parkinson's disease. And just to touch a little on the uh, dysphonia that uh, Peter was talking about, we have a collaborative grant with the Bridgewater State University, and we offer free speech therapy services up to three times a week for anybody that comes into our facility wow. uh, who has issues with speech, uh, voice issues. We also see a lot of something similar to what Peter has called PVFM, which is uh, where the tone of the vocal cords um, kind of decreases due to the Parkinsonism or Parkinson's disease, and it collapses on the airway. And what it sort of mimics itself like is uh, like someone with asthma. So during exercise, they start to get harder breathing. It's not that they can't get air. It's just that the vocal cords, which have muscles, obviously, um, start to collapse when you try to take air in. And so it squeezes on the trachea so you can't get air. So we offer those services in a program called Speak Out. Um, and if anybody's familiar with speech therapy services out on the streets, it's a lot of money. And so we offer that up to three hours a week for our folks. We have about 68 people on service right now at wow. Wellington Fitness. And how big is your facility, uh, Brett? We have about 8,000 square feet. Nice, and, very nice. And uh, we use it all. We're yeah, outgrowing, uh, yeah, we're outgrowing our space currently. And uh, we have about 200-plus people that come to our facility every wow. week. Wow, with, uh, where, wow. Where is the facility, Brett? In Rockland, Massachusetts. Yeah. Right, It's actually right next to the new entrance to the old Air Force Base. Oh, okay. I'm, a D so. I'm the DAV commander in Rockland, okay. Chapter yeah. 50 in Rockland. Okay. I'm also a Rockland native, so I know exactly You'll where You'll have to come visit. Yeah, yeah, we're next exactly. to the Goldfish Swim Center. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Yeah, uh, right, right there on right, Weymouth Street. Correct? Weymouth Street in Rockland. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 He's got a, a great uh, uh, a following, uh, you know, and, it, and I'm glad that that uh, 
uh, all you radio listeners can see that Brett's much more than just a pretty face. He's the <laughs> nicest person uh, in the in the group here. Half of our, all of our uh, other ages here, I think. Uh, but but we think he's okay and uh, not he, bad for fifty. Huh? Yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. And Wolfie and I aren't bad for a hundred. Yeah, uh, we're 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 right there. But uh, obviously, uh, uh, Brett, you you've done your uh, your homework and you're still doing your homework and. Uh, uh, what, what do you think, uh, I mean, your treatment, what, what's the prevailing activity that goes on within your treatment center for Parkinson's sufferers? Yeah, well, all our, all our programming is research evidence-based, so everything has data and research behind it to prove that it works to help mitigate the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. The most successful of all the treatments that I've designed is uh, high-intensity interval training. So I have a specific program that I've designed that involves extremely high-intensity exercise. Most of the people that come into our facility have not exercised at that level in mm. a very long time. Yeah. Um, but it makes a tremendous difference in their symptoms. And it and it, um, it, it it slows the progression of Parkinson's disease. Is that what you what so, you're seeing? I, I wish I could say that. Uh, it it definitely helps slow the progression of Parkinson's disease if the work is done consistently. Uh, we have found that a lot of people have been able to maintain the same uh, presentation within like six or seven years. And some people come off of medication. Some people obviously have a lot of functional changes where they're able to do a lot more for themselves, go out in the community with confidence. Are you seeing um, some other underlying factors in addition to Parkinson's that might, you know, complicate things? Uh, uh, is Parkinson's what you see? And not that that's not bad, right. but is there something else as well that you're, that you're seeing? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of um, direct correlation to what we call Lewy body dementia. Uh, that is correlated to Parkinson's disease. We typically see that in a very large percentage of people over 75 with Parkinson's disease. So they have a, a whole, whole other element of uh, dementia or cognitive changes where they're unable to process things, similar to like how someone with Alzheimer's or, or uh, what we'd call regular dementia yeah. present. So it's just wow. a little bit different physiologically. Wow, amazing, amazing. And in addition to your activities at 110 Fitness, you have some other activities that you belong to longer than I am. Why don't you name like <laughs> the top 50? Well, uh, well, we do. We have a huge community calendar. So uh, we go bowling every single month. We go rock climbing and axe throwing every three months. We golf when the weather's good. We go deep sea fishing. We go to the orchestra. We go to the theater every uh, second Tuesday of the month. Um, so we're a very active outside of 110 Fitness. Um, we do all kinds of fun so things. Sounds like you're giving them a lot of missing camaraderie yeah camaraderie community yeah yeah their kids get involved Peter, a lot of... what do you think such a, such I think a it's thing fa I think know? it's fantastic yeah. right but, along I've thought of that you know I worked um, my job with the VA when I started was a benefits council I'll tell you a little story in a bit that has to do with the wall but um, then I was going to graduate school when the VA hired me when I finished my master's degree in counseling I worked in vocational rehabilitation I retired I was the lead counseling psychologist for the and VA voc rehab is a, gr a great pro a lot of people don't know uh, know what it is just describe it in so 20 vocational words. rehabilitation is for veterans who have a service-connected disability and based on the service-connected disability they're having some difficulties either obtaining maintaining employment developing skills to get into employment because of their service-connected disabilities. One of the features of uh, vocational rehabilitation, there's five different steps. One of them is called independent living. So you might frequently have a case where someone with Parkinsonism or Parkinson's disease applies for vocational rehabilitation, but it might not be feasible for them to go back into the workforce. Sure. At that point, the VA can consider under vocational rehabilitation an independent living plan. An independent living plan would be able to help them in their home, community, etc., so that they can live wow, interesting. taking care of the activities of daily living and, and all of the things that go with maintaining their own situation. Now, that's one piece of it. As far as the other part of vocational rehabilitation, you could have a knee condition based on being in the military. Maybe, you know, when you were doing too much rock and when you were out in the boonies or whatever, or when you were in the desert, and all of a sudden now you got a 30% disability for a knee, which is preventing you from doing some type of occupation that you had a skill level for. You can come into a vocational rehabilitation. We go through a complete evaluation under, under the provisions of uh, Chapter um, 31 in Title 38. 
It's all required by law. There's an evaluation, etc. And the VA, the counselor you're assigned to, a professional counselor, vocational rehabilitation counselor, or a counseling psychologist in the VA, and they do the evaluation and they determine are you What's eligible best? for these services? Sure. And we would write a rehabilitation plan with you once we identify how vocational rehabilitation is going to help you. Wow, that's that's yeah. quite, and that's still out, out there. Oh, that's still. It's called veterans readiness and employment. When I sat, it was called vocational rehabilitation and counseling. That's why in those days most of the counselors were counseling psychologists. Now, in VA standards, it was a little bit different. In Massachusetts, you could be a clinical psychologist up till 1982, based on a master's degree. Now it's a doctorate. But by VA standards, you could be a counseling psychologist. When I became one back in the 80s, they changed it in 1992 to a doctorate. So if I wanted to go back into the VA now, not having a doctorate, I would have to... We'd have to, to call you Dr. McVeigh. They'd make oh. me a vocational rehabilitation oh, okay. counselor. So, well, you know, but you can be a doctor here when yeah. you come into our office. You're more qualified than, uh, <laughs> except for Brett here, there was an army medic, uh, uh, you, you know. Uh, but what Brett's talking about with, with the... Veterans with Parkinson's disease, so many of them are potentially wanting to do something that's constructive. They want to do something with their life besides medical treatment or not being able to do anything by just kind of sitting around because that's detrimental to their psychological The, the longer you sit, the exactly. longer you sit. Exactly. That's why programs like Brett is describing are perfect because you're keeping them busy, you're improving their, their condition and at the same time you maybe this goals that they can set or seek that might be based on another VA program if they're a vet and other types of programs if they're not and maybe see somebody that's a little bit worse than them and say gee I'm not that bad I can do more than him or her you know she's doing five chin-ups well I'm I'm I, I can be her so some some social you know friendliness there and and you know, one person um, motivates maybe the next person. Do you, cause you, do you yeah. see that? Do you well, know? We, yeah, and, you know, because of all the programming we do, we see a lot of really strong benefit in intergenerational programming because people bring their children and then their children bring their children, so there's grandkids, and then that, that interaction and that social scene where you have multiple generations all, you know, doing the same thing. Yeah. It's... It's awesome to watch. That's, that's yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. You know, it's, it's it's funny when when Brett talks about that because in VA, if you have vets come in, sometimes they'll come in with a spouse. Yeah. They'll come in with a kid or a child, and at that point in time, what you have to do, number one, you have there's an author, a VA form, an authorization form that you have to have them sign that the person can participate in, in the conversation, mm-hmm. etc. But they can see how it works if this person is looking for something. Sure. They're looking for something in their life that doesn't exist now yep. that they can find by getting additional services that they may be entitled to. So in the VA, the, the VA vocational rehabilitation, they do a complete evaluation, yep. including potentially if they have to refer them over to a VA neurologist or somebody else to get additional information, we do that. And well, so, we're, we're, we're blessed, I think, Peter, here in New England region to have a very active VA and very successful, and the fact that they that, that they will send you to other career specialists if they don't have the particular whatever syndrome, yeah. you, you know, that they're going to send you to someplace yeah. here in New England where we're blessed. Yeah. And he, here we are as... Uh, you know, you 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 have been able to uh, uh, achieve some treatment, and we're going to get back to that after uh, after we break for the uh, second half of tonight's show. But before we do, folks, we'd be remiss if we did not uh, remind everybody of the dangers uh, that uh, when a uh, not a veteran, when an active service member uh, signs up, uh, that uh, oftentimes uh, the 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 training is. Uh, as equally, if not more, destructive, uh, and um, sometimes bad things happen. And uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, last night in Kentucky, uh, uh, two Black Hawk helicopters uh, uh, collided. Uh, all on board uh, passed away. I think there were nine total that perished. Um, with for those nines, we. Thank you. We th- I thank you for everybody in this room, everybody in our state, and everybody in our country. For that, we bless you and we pay homage to our ve- to to the the nine fallen heroes.
Welcome back, everybody. Greg Brasso, your host of Veterans Voice Radio, has we're here talking about uh, some Vietnam veterans uh, issues. But uh, uh, our guest of honor tonight, Brett Miller, uh, along with uh, uh, Peter McPhail here, uh, uh, are really talking about the benefit programs. Uh, Peter's outlining with the VA and all his experiences of with the vocational rehab program, and uh, and and Brett's here. Uh, talking about his expertise with the with the terrible, terrible numbers associated with the veterans population and 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 Parkinson's disease. Uh, Great, um, Brett was just saying when we were talking about the numbers, did it reverse the, the disease? And Brett was giving the numbers, but the reality is, you know, one of our close friends was a great hockey player, and of course he got that goddamn thing, and he did the so he was getting a little shaky in his feet. I could finally knock him in his ass. <laughs> that didn't happen. I still can't. He'd still kick my ass. So he did. You, I talked to him about it. So he did yeah. the boxing thing. Yeah. And he really got his balance back and stuff. So maybe you were saying it didn't reverse it, but it sure as hell mm -hmm. made him a hundred times better. So did you want to? You scared me away. Well, no, I don't want to scare you away. What I want to just to define uh, what happens with high intensity interval training is we have been able to look radiologically and on imaging and actually see that the dopamine cell structure is protected neurologically with this type of training. So we're not stopping the progression of Parkinson's disease, but we are slowing the, the destruction of the dopamine cells. And unfortunately, when you're diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, we know that there's already about a 50 to 60% loss of the dopamine that you're born with. You only receive a certain amount, and then when you have Parkinson's disease, you only have what's left, right? And that slowly starts to die off those cell structures. So with the high-intensity training, we're able to protect that cell structure to slow the destruction of the cell walls wow. to help you know, slow down the progression of the Parkinson's disease. Wow, wow. And and where do you see the future of of Parkinson's disease and the the great amounts of research? Uh, the, I know the Michael J. Fox uh, Foundation is probably leading the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, they've released numerous, numerous drugs um, to help in the last, you know, uh, 15 years or so. And they're continuing to go down the path of genetics. That's really where it all is right now. We, we are for sure know that there's seven genes currently responsible for Parkinson's disease. The biggest issue is that people can be carriers of the gene but not get Parkinson's disease. So we're trying to figure out why that happens. Wow. wow. Um, you can be a twin and both be carriers of, the, of one of the genes and one gets Parkinson's, one does not. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. In the direction of research, uh, one of the big things right now is obviously uh, artificial intelligence and virtual reality. Oh, We're sure. using a lot of that with wow. some of the deep brain stimulation um, modules and things like that to really... Um, What's deep brain stimulation, Brett, if I could ask? So deep brain stimulation is a complementary treatment. It doesn't mean that you're going to come off of medication, but it's a complementary treatment that typically treats uh, tremor. Uh, rigidity, uh, some gait disturbances, and what they do is they actually insert electrodes into um, a specific part of the brain, and it has a, a module that you can change and kind of dial in, if you will, to help um, stimulate the brain in those areas so that those symptoms are much less than they were. Now, is that um, taking the dopamine and, and kind of activating it? No, it's actually uh, just stimulating the area of the brain where the, the dopamine kind of is housed. That's what I mean. So it's, uh, yeah. so it's almost like get, getting that uh, rejuvenized to get those dopamines. Yeah, it, it, electro, it electrically like stimulates the... Now, when you're talking about gene therapy, <clears throat> is there any way that they create that dopamine to inc like an increase... So if you've got yeah. 20%, is there a way that they'll eventually be able to get 40%? Yeah, so uh, what we do with the medication is we can stimulate the nerve endings to pick the dopamine cell structures that are in the bloodstream quicker. Um, neurogenesis is what you're describing, and we're, yeah. we're unable to actually recreate a cell structure yet. yet. Okay. But we're very, very close. The folks over at the Fox Foundation say that we used to see it as being way out on the horizon, yeah. and they say now that they can actually see it on the horizon. So they're hopeful within about five years that they'll either have something that will um, stop the progression where it's at currently for the person, yeah, or yeah. or they'll have a cure. What a, a potential cure? Potential what? cure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. Peter, how's of, that sound? Uh, I'll tell you, it sounds fantastic, and I think anything that can cure any of these diseases that have basically sapped the life from a lot of people mm. 
needs to be done. And, the, okay. and it's the research that Brett's talking about. At some point, if they can identify certain things, i.e. he's talking about genes here, yep. the bottom line is at some point they can identify the mm -hmm. specific cause. And at that particular point in time, if you have a cure, then, then that's great. But that, at that point, me and Wolfie can take over and we'll just <laughs> put our Lithuanian uh, artificial uh, lack of intelligence yeah. together and uh, we'll turn the light switch on so everybody can see what they're writing. And, and then Brett, you know, they'll come and sit in your office, Brett. That's right. The day yeah. off. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, I, I'm like Michael J. Fox, you know. I'm looking to go out of business. Yes, yeah, that's, yeah, that please. would be success exactly. for me. Please, please, uh, please but, do. Uh, they are doing some things with genetic editing, editing and what we call CRISPR techniques, uh, which some people may be familiar with out there that is helping us along the way. Um, but just I, I want to uh, correlate this to the veterans about uh, veterans represent about 3% of all the people in the United States uh, that have Parkinson's disease. And that's at a cost, a healthcare cost of about $1.6 $1 billion a year uh, is the healthcare cost. And we're right around about 115,000 veterans in the United States that currently have okay. Parkinsonism or Parkinson's yeah. disease. That wow. you've identified. And you know there's Correct. probably a lot more than that out there. Absolutely. How many have the sleeping gene? <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, truth of consequences. Yeah. And, and 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 is there anything that can be done or is being done to kind of see where the genes are in each of the veterans and can kind of predict maybe uh, exactly what's in store for them? So if you have the gene and there's extra activity in that gene and you have Parkinson's disease, they can't tell you this is what's going to happen to you. They just know that that gene is obviously responsible for probably triggering the Parkinson's disease in the person. And then along with all the other things that you folks talk about, exposure to Agent Orange, burn pits, all of those things, obviously. We don't think that those are actually the the precise cause of Parkinson's disease, but we think those are what triggers the Parkinson's much earlier in, in the person's life. Now, the first responders, like fire departments, firemen, are they, they, yeah. are they not pretty susceptible? Yeah, they're to, very susceptible to, they... to uh, trichloroethylene and some of the chemicals that come off of burning products. Well, for you're in that environment all the time, you yeah, know, they're yeah. going in with oxygen masks, but... You can't believe it just happened in the Situate Fire, not to say the department. Mm. There was a dumpster a house away that burned the whole time. So I went over to give the deputy a hard time and say, they just put out a fire, five houses, fire out, you haven't put the dumpster out. The guys are leaning over the dumpster and he says, Wolfman, we can't put that fire out. It's all a plastic and everything mm. burning in there. And his guys are on it without a mask. Yeah. So they all got yelled at for about 10 minutes. So we're not getting any better. We're all macho jerks, you know? The, you know, the braveness of the first responders. And, and before we, I, I forget, one thing I want to do a shout out not on this subject at all. A shout out to the uh, Nashville Police Department oh, yeah. that responded in 14 minutes. They weren't waiting for a commander. They weren't working, wait, waiting for anything. They went in and took care of the problem, eliminated it, and that was that. Did their job. And and you know this this poor girl. I mean, she had a couple of AR-15s, another pistol. And, and I mean, even Wolfie can beat up a third grader. You, you, you know, these poor little, you know, these poor little snails in the game of life here. It just, just horrendous, horrendous. But, but Tennessee thank, doesn't thank have the, you. they don't have the red flag law. That, 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 which I'm sure yeah, they'll they get now. In Tennessee, they don't. Right, no, and now I'm no. sure that'll be the next thing that what's going to happen no. is they'll pass the law saying that someone in that mental, that has that mental health will be on the list that she won't be able to go to the local gun store. Right. I mean, right. It doesn't mean she can't get a gun somewhere else, but right. at least yeah. she won't be able to buy, can't buy it legally. can't buy five right. or yeah. six of them like, like she had right. gone and done. So yeah. that red flag law. more difficult yeah. at least mm -hmm. to you know, discourage Because maybe. it's the mental health. I mean, that that is something that, you know, affects not only the general public, but veterans, um, and it, it, it's a serious problem. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. you know, you know we got... We don't need to get off on gun control. We're going to uh, next. We should have had the gun locks tonight. We've got a couple hundred gun locks that we're going to be giving away here in the radio show. Yep. Can I segue that into a story in a minute? Greg? Please do. Yeah. Please do. So this is a story. So in my, my younger days, I was hired initially by the VA as a veterans benefits counselor. So basically a benefits counselor. Back in those days, the VA was broken up into veteran services, which was your public contact, the adjudication, the adjudicated claims. So as a benefits counselor, you would handle a lot of stuff that the general public would call in about. 
to get it, that claims haven't been resolved, etc. So back in the uh, late 70s, I was working at the multiple jobs with the VA, including being a veterans representative on campus. And I worked also going back into the office, answering inquiries as a veterans benefits counselor. So back in those days, the VA hospitals all had a full-time veterans benefits counselor. In Jamaica Plain, they had two. Okay, so what happens in the late 70s, this lady who was an employee in the VA in Jamaica Plain went in to see the benefits counselor and says, I didn't know I could do this, she said, but I have a daughter whose father was killed in Vietnam in 1968. She was a preteen daughter, and the benefits counselor filed a claim. So the claim goes into the regional office to be adjudicated. Well, the months went by and she didn't hear anything so when she didn't hear anything she went back to the benefits counselor and she said to the benefits counselor can you find out what's going on so the benefits counselor called the office and that particular day i was in the office he got myself a vietnam vet one of my other buddies who was a vietnam vet and the two of us took the call and said we'll check it so we went up to adjudication found out the claim was kind of tied up in the paternity piece because the veteran had been dead for over 10 years, about 10 years approximate. So we said, well, okay, how can we do further development? So we went back down, and back in those days, you could call all over the country to get information about veteran stuff. You could call the National Personnel Record Center, et cetera. So the two of us sat there and said, you know what we're going to try to do? We're going to call Fort Benjamin Harris, the Army pay records. So we called Fort Benjamin Harris, got a lady on the line. This was in the morning. And when we get her on the line, we explain the problem to her. And she says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make this number one priority right now. She says, I'm going to try to find out for you. She says, I will call you back in a couple of hours. So within a couple of hours, we get a call back. And she says, I got good news for you. The soldier had an allotment taken out of his pay for that daughter. Wow. So we were able to take that information that was coming in from Fort Benjamin Harrison to the regional office. They adjudicated a claim for service-connected benefits for the daughters called DIC, Dependency Indemnity Compensation. So she gets a check. Now, when she's a minor, her mother becomes the payee and she gets the check. And the other thing that comes out of that is that when she turns 18, she becomes eligible for Chapter 35 benefits Mm. because her father was killed in active duty. Now, I've always been about vets helping vets, but I'll tell you, that moment was like a catharsis of helping vets because that vet had been deceased for 10 years. The biological child, the mother didn't know she could file for benefits. We were successful now for privacy. I'm obviously not to say say this veteran's name, but we were successful in getting benefits for the daughter that would follow her. Now, she would be in her 50s now and... Hopefully something good came out of all and of that. And let that be an example to all the Vietnam uh, widows that are out there that may have not ever thought that you had a benefit path available to you. Peter's just outlined a, a benefit path that had gone to sleep for 10 years. For 10 years. Now that, so in 1982, Veterans Day, when they opened the wall, the Vietnam Wall, this vet's name is on panel 48w and every time i think of the wall i think of his name wow. and that's and his name is ingrained in my mind that's for all veterans yeah who have been killed yes you've got the you know in the last 20 years yeah. we've lost four or five thousand so it's any veteran can go into that they're 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 Abs- widows absolutely. Family go into and get benefits sure absolutely. it's not limited it's not limited um i forget the retroactive part of it gino i forget exactly how far retroactive they went on that because there's certain laws even though she didn't file the claim i don't know whether the adjudication process would have involved something different i never got into that part i of think it. with the mass annuity that's available for gold star families for gold star wives that mm-hmm. i think it does go backwards to the time that the vet passed away. So some benefits probably do it. Yeah, so, right, so yes. on the federal yeah. benefit yeah. level, there's, there's specific things that yeah. control how yeah. that happens. But the federal benefit says that we better take a break here, George, uh, uh, a final break of the night, and we'll come back uh, with this rapidly uh, fading uh, veteran's voice. Boy, I, I hate to see the time fly. Take us away here, George. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It was uh, last 4th of July. There was one one uh, young vet, 31 years old, that, that took his life. And we were in, and the Hingham Wrestling Team um, has a commemorative night every year for veterans. 
And so we were having it. Uh, Keith German, the VSO, was commemorating and eulogizing this kid from Fourth of July that, that that unfortunately took his life. Now this was in February. This was only a couple of months, a couple of a month or so ago. Mm-hmm. While he was talking about the kid that took his life in January, uh, six months earlier, he said, "Oh, we're sorry to say that we lost another vet two days ago." That happened to be a member of the Hingham wrestling team, and and it was just Matt Valletta. Yeah, was the kids was the kid's name. Thirty one years old, another thirty one year old Marine, and I'm, why couldn't I, I felt so frustrated mm. that gee we're here, you know we talk about all the services and you know you know Justin we yell and scream well, at the vets. To, I I talked about that. I, a big piece of my speech yesterday was about mental health, and I said we're the first generation of veterans. Think of that, though. The first generation of veterans to talk about PTSD and mental health. And and we talk about it now. It, 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 we push that. That's the our, stigma's it, kind it's of gone. Away. It's got to be gone. Yeah. And, and, and no matter how many times we repeat that, unfortunately, there's still those that slip by. But I, I really think that the numbers are coming down, and I think the more our generation talks to the next generation – and they talk to that next generation. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it's obviously you're not going to get 100%, but I just think that eventually we will be able to have veterans, especially our combat veterans, uh, be able to come and talk with another veteran. And that's why the 988 line is, is, is available. Yeah. And, and that's why VSOs are in every city and town and organizations. And, and, and Wolfie will categorize the, the numerous veterans events that we have are nothing more than to trick the veterans to come in and find out what benefits they have. Right. We got we got Dave Hanker there at, at, and Carolyn Mason Wally at the entryway. Nobody's getting by them. <laughs> I think last year they set a record for all the events they did last year. I think they enrolled nine or ten vets at our event as hot as it was uh, last July. That uh, it, it was the most of any event that they that they had. So. It's it's we're trying to create camaraderie and and not only the idea and, that I mean, you, that leads to mental health right wellness well like you said we're trying to get them there you got to tell the women Carolyn grabs all the women oh yeah she yeah. does and she's and and a lot of them have not yet taken advantage they're right there and you know we talk about we want them to come to hear benefits but I think the other thing if we can come together and they can talk with another veteran. That that's that starts the healing, and that starts opening the door. That if they can talk to one veteran who's there, um, he may not be getting benefits. He may not, you know, want at that point. But he starts talking with them, and they and they go and have a diet coke or a beer or a sandwich, and they're sitting in the pavilion or listen to music, and they talk with another veteran. The next thing you know, they're at a table. Next yeah. thing you know, they're signing up. Next thing you know, they're. You know, they I've got a doctor's appointment. Yeah, or, or they hear a veteran yeah, say, "I'm in counseling." Yeah. you know, I'm in counseling, and they're like, "What, what do you mean you're in?" Yeah, I go to counseling, and yeah. this this is a group I go to, and that's how you get them in. Yeah, yeah. it's vets helping vets, and I'll tell yeah. you, that's how you're going to get claims process. The question, you know, if you run into somebody in a supermarket, when I see vets in the supermarket wearing hats, I'll shoot the breeze with them. And a lot of times, some of them are not connected to any activities associated with veterans or their fellow veterans. And the younger generation, from my standpoint, as a commander of the DAV Chapter 50 in Rockland, we got a lot of white hairs. We need to get the younger generation to sign up. And what happens is that the younger generation is the strength behind this vet to vet because it passes down from one generation to the next. <clears throat> but when the VFW or the DAV go before Congress and they sit, the commander sits, national commander sits there and say, we've got one million vets or two million vets that are members. That's how you help veterans maintain their benefits, and then veterans can talk to each other. How do we get them? How do we get them to come in, Peter? <clears throat> Well, you know, we proposed a little idea the other night in our DAV meeting about potentially setting up a table at a football game, okay? So you think about it. A lot of the dads for football teams and, and, and mothers yeah. are vets, potentially. Yeah. And if we're going to set up, it's like in Rockland. The, the Veterans Memorial in Rockland is right there at War Memorial yeah. Stadium. Yeah. So if the service organizations can set up tables at the football game will probably catch some of the younger veterans. If you get one or two. Oh, if you get one or two, it's a, it's a win-win. It's, win. it's, it's a win, because they're liable to bring in one or two while they're on the exactly. way to see you, Peter. And, and so you know, now. it's not about them joining the organization, because I think a lot of younger veterans, they don't want to join. Mm-hmm. And they have no interest. And you know, I tell them, that's great. But you know what? Come to a coffee. 
Come just meet some of the veterans. We don't. You don't have to join our organization. Just talk to some of our guys. Because at the end it's of generation, like I think your buddies at the office. No, that, and I think that, that I think Brent, and Brett, and Brett, I think you understand. know most of your generation. They're not interested in going to a VFW or a, yeah. a VVA meeting. No, they're too busy. They're too busy they're too in busy. their social media. But if you can get them at a coffee or get them maybe at a football game or at Dunkin' Donuts or whatever it is, it, you know, you just get a few minutes with them and talk with them. And, and and that's what you got to do. Yeah, even if they don't come to the meetings, yeah. it's the strength in numbers. And the strength yeah. in numbers is what helps. But it's those conversations of being somewhere that you get to talk to a vet. Right. And you get to talk to younger vets. So we got younger vets who belong to the DAV that just don't come to the meetings all the time. Hey, I talk to people at Lowe's and Home Depot. That's where I talk to most of the younger exactly. veterans. Because they're young guys. Building their houses, they're mm -hmm. they're doing gardening. Yeah, yeah. You're not, like we you're, were, yeah they're not going to go to a BFW and sit at the bar. They're not coming to a American yeah. Legion. Yeah. They're going to be in Home Depot. They're going to you know, and the, and the women, same thing. They're in Home Depot and they got their hammers yeah. strapped on their side and they're building yeah. and doing. So, yeah, Greg, I know you have a big uh, relationship uh, as we do with uh, Wreaths Across America. Yes, sir. And um, one of the ways that we're trying to stimulate what everybody's talking about is uh, we're. Hopefully, getting the mobile unit down in November over to 110 Fitness. Oh, so, wow, very nice. Yeah, so if we can get that very over there. Nice. We want to invite, you know, um, you know, the families, the kids, the moms, the dads, the Cub Scouts, the Boy Scouts, yep. anybody that's sort of in that uh, sort of genre, if you will, and uh, try to get all those people to come through and see the mobile unit and at the same time address what you and I had talked about, which was the PPMI study that Fox has, yeah. to try to get people to start doing the genetic testing. That's uh, a that's well. a mouth swab. So. That would, yeah. uh, yeah. Describe it, because uh, so, uh, I'll leave something out. Yeah. No, 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 you're absolutely right. So it's just a genetic testing that we're doing on people that have Parkinson's disease and don't have Parkinson's disease, but we'd like to try to capture as many people as possible because the largest data pool, right, Better, bigger numbers, better yeah. numbers, better yeah. data. Um, so if we could, you know, have every veteran or every family member that walks through the door do that or at least take, you know, the note card and, and send for it, you can do it now in the mail. Um, we can collect. Well, Brett, you know we'll do that at uh, a yeah. giant event yeah. uh, uh, coming up in July 22nd at Pageant yeah. Field. We've got, uh, it's got the show is growing more and more uh, every year, and, and having that to offer as a benefit to someone, another reason to come to the mm -hmm. show. You know, and uh, we're 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 really, I, I think, creating some some new direction with the Parkinson's Pavilion. Aimed at the veterans community, but folks, we're opening the Parkinson's Pavilion at our show in July up to everybody, open to everybody. If you have a family member, if you're a caretaker, if you're if you're seeing, uh, if maybe you, you've been diagnosed with Parkinson's and you're not really sure, maybe you want to talk to about the world's experts. Uh, you, you know, we got Mass General, we got Saint Elizabeth, we got Brett. We got Michael J. Fox. We got the National Parkinson's Foundation, Boston Scientific, and I'm sure there's a couple others that that are going to join us this year. Uh, we only started it. We only made it up last year, but based on that success, we want all of the folks out there that have an inkling of Parkinson's in your family. If you know of somebody with Parkinson's, please tell them about it. And if if you want to just come down and learn about it yourself. There'll be plenty of time. When is it? When when is that? It's going to be Saturday, July twenty second. This is last year's uh, thing. It's a good thing. Good I'm, plug, Justin. I'm smarter than the thing. Yeah. Saturday, July twenty second, twenty twenty three. Opening uh, ceremonies at uh, ten o'clock with the honor guard coming in about nine thirty. Yeah, Justin. Vietnam veterans will be there. Two o seven. We'll be there to do the honor guard and opening that ceremony. And the uh, uh, Rolling Thunder will be there. Yeah. We're going to have. Uh, some other uh, dignitaries there, and Brett's going to be there with 110 Fitness, and maybe, if the weather's conducive, we could have some of your members come down and actually give a demonstration yeah, absolutely. Of, the, of the boxing uh, sure. uh, therapy. Uh, but no, that's not, no. no, you're not no, going to be the boxing bag. We'll do a drumming. Yes, <laughs> we'll bring our drum team. Yes, <laughs> uh, <laughs> or we'll bring our choir. Uh, One of the, we can sing to you, Wolfie, instead of beat you up with boxing thank gloves. You very much. You're trying to get me with the Ukrainians the last time. Yeah, right, right. right. Uh, coming up uh, Saturday, April 15th, uh, is the Veteran Spectators boat at the Snow Row. Although I'm not sure there's going to be much snow there, where uh, we'll be, uh, you're going to have to throw some styrofoam or uh, over uh, or breadcrumbs or something. But uh, uh, that's contact Jim Richmond, 
uh, or Craig Wolf at 89 Edge at Comcast. Dot net to yeah. let us know you're coming so yeah. we can save your room. And, and yeah, absolutely do that. And then it's by the high school. Come all the way down the high school about 10.30, put you on the boat, feed you, and uh, if you don't do a good job, you walk the plank. So we have the Hull Veterans Coffee coming up Friday, April 7th from yeah. 9 to 10.30, 9 to 11 o'clock, Wolfie, yeah. at the Hull Life Saving yeah. Museum, yeah. almost all the way down to the end of Hull. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll see it. Uh, and if you hit the if you hit the yeah, uh, the water stop, the water stop. Yeah. And turn her and yeah, turn my around. Friends, stop. Can you see stop. the water to my friends? And then we've got the food drive coming through yeah. Thursday, April thirteenth. Yeah. About a hundredth edition. We've given away hundred and fifty thousand pounds of food. And uh, come one, come all, help us out. If you need some food, take some. If uh, you want to come help, just show up uh, about nine, about ten thirty, ten ten thirty, and uh, uh, join us uh, with uh, with that event. And we want to invite all posts, and, yeah, and I want to extend a special invitation to your post. He got a loaded beanbag, dude. He can't play. For our first annual cornhole tournament. And the cornhole tournament will take place at your post with the champion going to the world's championship at our event in Quincy. We're going to have a competition between eight posts, and the eight winners will all go for the grand championship and maybe win a can of corn at uh, at our event in July 22. But folks, we want to thank you very much and and veterans out there. Don't be stupid. You see here about all the all the love we got going on here. If you can't feel it, it's respect. It's not just we 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 don't might not even like you, but we sure honor you. And we need you. Your family needs you, your friends need you. Come to a coffee, come to our event in July. Come to our, our car show in, in June uh, that we're going to be promoting. Just come on out, and you don't have to sign up. You don't have to do anything. Just come out and be yourself, and uh, that's all we can ask. Next week, we happen to have the representatives from the Bourne National Cemetery come in. Uh, uh, Bob Belcher is coming in. And two weeks, it's our ninth anniversary. Holy moly. Uh, uh, George, thank you so much for sitting in tonight. Ben, nice to meet you. Good luck with everything. And uh, we'll be back next week. And everybody, uh, if you see a vet, thank him or her for this service. Be well, everybody. We'll see you next week.